1: In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God rather than this world our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes, so keep pen and paper handy.
2: And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your gospel in times like these. We need a Savior. In times like these. We need an anchor. Help us to be sure. Our anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And that rock is Jesus. Use me now to preach truth in the power of your spirit. Help us To hear what the Spirit of God has to say. Father, help us not to be distracted, our minds to be where they should not be. Help us to be all here as we attune ourselves to the living Word of God. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. amen. Well, this past Tuesday morning, uh, early, I was uh, making ready to minister to a group of pastors and wives uh, to minister and to fellowship, to eat and dine with them at Marinatha. We do that quarterly, for ministers all over the city. And then God changed my message, not knowing about the horrific tragedy that was to come later that day. And then when I got to the meeting or that session that night, I saw why God changed my message. <laughs> then I had nine pages of message to preach to you this morning from First John because, you know, I'm culminating uh, First John. We've preached through chapter one from the introduction to chapter one, two, three, four. And now we have five And I had about nine pages to share, and it was a doozy of a message, and I will, Lord willing, preach it next week. But in light of all that has been happening in our country and in our city, and particularly in Uvalde, just a few miles from here, the Lord convicted me to just change my message this morning. And I don't do that often, but when the Lord tells me to do it, I'll do it. So I changed my whole message And uh, administrative staff had to hang with me and uh, I wanted to be obedient to God because there is a word for God and this message will go through all the media platforms uh, and every other means of communication because people need, we hear what everybody else is saying. We need to say what is the prophetic words in the times in which we live to convey to you the people of God this morning. There is a word, and I'm going to start with a little phrase. Usually I preach whole passages, but this time this, this is uh, just one little phrase tucked in Isaiah 51:12a. Isaiah 5112a, and you'll, you'll miss it. Uh, it's one of the major prophets and uh, that a portion of Isaiah 51:12a. It says, I am he who comforts you. That's all I want to deal with this morning. I am he who comforts you. And from this phrase, I want to preach. Words of pastoral comfort in troubling times. Words of pastoral comfort in troubling times. Since the last time we met as a church family, we have witnessed an indescribable, horrific, monstrous event that has literally shocked and paralyzed our nation. The people of Uvalde thought they were having just an ordinary day, but suddenly their world was turned upside down and the unthinkable, the unexpected happened. Innocent children and teachers were brutally murdered by deranged gunmen. Parents rush to the schools hoping that their children were rescued and safe while others hoping for the best discovered the worst and reality set in when their children did not come out alive. The media rushed to capture the moment. Politicians converged on the scene after the event and the controversy surrounding gun control reignited. I know for many of us, our emotions are all over the place. And because you are being inundated with so much information, allow me now as your pastor to give you words of pastoral comfort in troubling times, Isaiah 51, 12a says, I am he who comforts you. I want you to let that soak in for a moment. I am he. I'm God. I'm on a throne. And I am the one who comforts you. What words can I give you to assure you, to settle your hearts, to calm you down, to give you a biblical perspective in these troubling times? I want you to write this spiritual prescription down because not only do you need it, you know somebody else who needs it as well. So begin to write as I share and minister in the spirit of God. Number one, much of what the media, the pundits, and medical professionals are calling mental illness is actually demon possession. I reiterate, much of what the media, the pundits, the the medical professionals are calling mental illness is actually demon possession. They can't say demon possession if they don't believe that there are demons. Now, be it known to you, I'm not saying that all mental illness is demon possession. However, we cannot discount the fact that Satan is real. Satan, the devil, the slanderer, knows that his time is short and he is actually unleashing his fury upon the whole nation and not only the whole nation, but the whole world. Be mindful that John, the Gospel of John ten ten a says, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan hates you. He hates me. He he doesn't play fair. That's why we shouldn't be in both camps. He's a low down, dirty, despicable, murdering, murderous devil who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything we're calling mental illness is not mental illness. Much of what we're seeing is because of satanic means, satanic strategies. The devil, he's real. He's a person. He operates in a supernatural realm. We're going to be hearing that a little bit later in the message. He hates you. He wants to destroy you. He hates your grandchildren. He hates your great grandchildren. He hates the destiny. He hates the fact you're going to heaven. He knows his destiny. And his, op- his job is to bring Eric, so he, as many people to judgment as he possibly can. He already knows his destiny. Number two, refuse to become so absorbed in the horrific events. Unfolding before our eyes, refuse to become so absorbed and obsessed in this horrific events as well as others unfolding right before our eyes. Let me give you a word of spiritual insight. Once you know what is going on, once you know how to pray, then for heaven's sake, move on to something else. Turn to a Christian channel, play some Christian music, do something that's healthy for your mind, but don't keep rehearsing this despicable event over and over and over and looking at every nuance of it. It is not healthy for your mental state. If you keep rehearsing this, you will become angry, you will become disheartened, And you will become depressed. First John 4.4 says little children you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The God who lives in the believer is greater than all of this. That's right. The God who lives in us the Holy Spirit is greater than Satan is greater than demons, is greater than those who perpetrate heinous crimes against humanity. Be mindful that God who lives within us is greater than anything that can intrude into your life and God is sovereign and is in complete control and everything that happens happens under the feet of God of God. People say, well, where is God in all of this? Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Well, I'll tell you where he is. He's on the throne. He's He's where he's always been. He's in charge. This is all... Don't blame God. This is a byproduct. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. There's nothing new with murder Cain murdered his own brother, Abel, in the very first family. Mm -hmm. Nothing new under the sun, says Solomon. Number three, you cannot cultivate a healthy, well-balanced family living in fear. Mm. You cannot cultivate... A healthy, well balanced family living in fear. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 24 through 26 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Now, that's the problem with some of you. Some of you don't go to bed. uh, 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 God's got to tell some of you, why don't you just go to bed? This passage assumes that you do go to bed. What are you doing up two and three o'clock in the morning? What are you doing rambling and rumbling all over the place? Why aren't you in bed? You groan. Nobody should have to tell you when to go to bed. Proverbs three twenty four through 26 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. It's nothing like sweet sleep. And you know you slept well when the drools and the droppings are all over the pillow, and your spouse's pillow too. <laughs> Is everywhere where you just got stuff all in your eyes? It's crevices. Matter of fact, you say you just look at yourself, and say, oh my God. You just look at yourself. Ooh, I slept well. I slept hard. <laughs> wrinkles, deep wrinkles. You're trying to get the makeup. You trying to put stuff on and they won't come out. You try to stretch them out. That's the results of sweet sleep. <laughs> you will lie down. And your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. That was a sudden terror we saw in Uvalde. It happened suddenly, no announcement, sudden. He's, but, but the scripture is giving us direction here and you'll miss it, it says even though you see sudden terror all over the place sudden terror here, sudden terror in California sudden terror in New York, in Florida or oh, wherever where else, in Houston, wherever where else he said do not be afraid of sudden terror you need to underline that nor of trouble from the wicked When it comes, the wicked is a proponent of all this terror. It's of the devil. It's of demons. Verse 26, for the Lord will be your confidence. You can stand and withstand and keep moving and will keep your foot from being caught. There are passages all over scripture that tells us not to fear, and yet many of us still fear. I wonder why. I wish I could just, if time were to permit, I can give you 15, 20 passages on why not fear. And in spite of all these passages that tell us not to fear, why is it that believers fear anyway? Why are believers uh, encouraged by scriptures not to fear? The scripture tells us not to fear, and yet we fear. Why are believers encouraged by scriptures not to fear? A, the word of God commands us not to fear. That's a reason right there. I don't give you another one. The word of the living God tells us not to fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. In other words, I got you. I've got you. Believe me, I got you. Don't lose reality of that. Have faith in the fact that God has us in the palm of his hand. The word of God commands us not to fear. B, fear indicates a lack of trust in God. It indicates a lack of trust in God. Psalms 56 verses 3 and 4 says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. But when you are afraid, let me just flip the script, You are not trusting in God. Verse four, in God, I will praise. Look, in God, I will praise his word. His word keeps your sanity. You want to keep your sanity? You want to keep from falling to pieces? Uh, Saturate yourself with with the word of God. Read the word of God. Let technology read the word to you and you read the word for yourself. Uh, there are times I, I go into my Bible app and just let the word just read to me. I stop and then I begin to underline some things in my Bible, but I just let it read to me and then I read for myself. It's two-way reading because that keeps you focused. That keeps your sanity. That keeps you from losing your mind in the midst of all of this. In God, I have put my trust. I, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? What can flesh do to me? See, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You got Thank you, Holy Ghost. You have to learn to minister to your mind. That saying is so true. A mind is a terrible thing to lose. And Satan wants your mind. When he has the mind, he has the man. When he has the mind, he has the woman. When he has the mind, he has the child. That lunatic young man, his mind was given over to to demonic means. And I don't believe he had one devil. I think there were many demons in him. It's important that you minister to your mind that you will have a sound mind. What is a sound mind? A sound mind is is a mind that is whole, a mind that is healthy, a mind that is balanced. It's not a legalistic mind. It is not a distracted mind. It's not a mind that is all over the place. It's not a confused mind. It is a mind that is balanced. It is sound. It is whole. I've never seen so many crazy thinking people in all my life. I just said, I just hold my head. And sometimes I see people who say they know the Lord. And every time they open their mouth, dumb comes out. I, I just up. will you just be quiet so I can pray for you? D- just real dumb. Actually ooze. mind. you got to minister to your mind. you got to take everything captive that is not of God. Don't let it set up camp. Satan wants your mind. Beloved, Satan wreaks havoc in the lives of those who succumb to fear. If you're scary, oh, I can't go out. Oh, I ain't go to church. He might be in Maranatha. Somebody might get me there. Well, what are you going to go? So you, you're going to drive yourself cuckoo. You mean tell me if you're 45, you're going to keep yourself shut up until you 85? I'm going to tell you, you're not going to make it to 85. When you Guess what? When you stop living, you die. nobody is going to stop me from living. Nobody is going to stop me from preaching truth in times like these. People come up to me and have the audacity and, and ask, well, when are you going to retire? And I look at them smiling. I said, I'll retire when folks stop sinning. (laughs) As a matter of fact, show me one retired devil and I'll officially submit my resignation. (laughs) As long as folk are sinning, sneaking and peeking in pornography, Transitioning to another sex. As long as folk adore all this fiendish, diabolical stuff, I'm going to preach. We need a word from the Lord. Number four, I'm transitioning from fear. Be more determined to let your light shine and be a witness for Christ because people need the Lord. Be more determined to let your light shine and be a witness for Christ because people need the Lord. Matthew five sixteen says, let your light so shine. I mean, so shine, really let it shine before men, before humanity, that they may see your good works and glorify, praise, exalt, lift up the name of Jesus, your father in heaven. If there is ever a time that believers need to be shining for Christ is right now. But the real question is, can the light of Christ be seen in you? Can the light of Christ be seen in you? You dim the light of Christ when you think and behave like the world. You dim the light of Christ. You dim the light of Christ when you have unconfessed sin uh, all over your life. And you dim the light of Christ in your life when you live a life of hypocrisy.
1: Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas worship with the maranatha bible church family on father's day sunday june 19th at 10 a.m on this special day our worship celebration will express gratitude and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers pastor rander draper has a special message prepared for all fathers that will encourage bless and strengthen them during these challenging
0: times come celebrate father's day with us